May 18th, 1 Samuel 22, 1. So David left Gat and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the reading of your word. We say yes and amen, yes to your promises, yes and amen to your ways, yes and amen. We look to you, Lord, and we look to you when we are saved. We look to you in admiration. We look to you, Lord God, for our joy and our laughter comes from you. We look to you, Lord, for our wisdom. We look to you for our talents. And we look to you for our being, Lord, and our excitement and adventure. We look to you, Lord, for the blue skies. And we look up where our redemption cometh nigh. And we thank you for the riches. We thank you, Lord God, for I believe I received 25 tons of gold annually. I believe I received the gold, 30 bars of gold. I have it. I believe I receive, Lord. I receive your blessings, Lord. I thank you for your blessings of houses and riches and inheritance from fathers and for, for a prudent wife that's from the Lord. I thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. May 18, 1 Samuel 22, 1. So David left Gat and escaped to the cave, cave of Adullam. Soon his brothers and all his other relatives joined him there. Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt or who were just discontented, until David was the captain of about 400 men. Later, David went to Mizpeh in Moab, where he asked the king, Please allow my father and my mother to live here with you until I know what is going, God is going to do for me. For until I know what God is going to do for me. So David's parents stayed in Moab with the king during the entire time David was living in his stronghold. One day the prophet Gad told David, Leave the stronghold and return to the land of Judah. So David went to the forest of Hedit. The news of his arrival in Judah soon reached Saul. At that time, the king was sitting beneath the tamarisk tree on the hill of Gibeah, holding his spear and surrounded by his officers. Listen here, you men of Benjamin, Saul shouted to his officers when he heard the news. Has the son of Jesse promised every one of you fields and vineyards, as he promised to make you all generals and captains in his army? Is that why you have conspired against me? For not one of you told me when my own son made a solemn pact with the son of Jesse. You're not even sorry for me. Think of it. My own son encouraged him to kill me as he is trying to do so this very day. Then Dog, the Edomite, who was standing there with Saul's men, spoke up. When I was at Nob, he said, I saw the son of Jesse talking to priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitub. Ahimelech consulted the Lord for him. Then he gave him food and the sword of Goliath the Philistine. King Saul immediately sent for Ahimelech and all his family who served as priests at Nob. When they arrived, Saul shouted at him, Listen to me, you son of Ahitub. What is it, my king? Ahimelech asked. Why have you and the son of Jesse conspired against me? Saul demanded. 
Why did you give him food and a sword? Why have you consulted God for him? Why have you encouraged him to kill me as he tried to do this very day? But sir, Ahimelech replied, Is anyone among all your servants as faithful as David, your son-in-law? Why, he is the captain of your bodyguard and a highly honored member of your household. This was certainly not the first time I had consulted God for him. May the king not accuse me and my family in this manner, for I knew nothing at all of any plot against you. You will surely die, Ahimelech, along with your entire family, the king shouted, and he ordered his bodyguards kill the priests of the Lord, for they are allies and conspirators of David. They knew he was running away from me, but they didn't tell me. But Saul's men refused to kill the Lord's priests. Then the Lord said to Dog, You do it. So Dog, the Edomites, turned on them and killed them that day, eighty-five priests in all, still wearing their priestly garments. Then he went to Nob, the town of the priests, and killed the priests' families, men and women, children and babies, and all the cattle, donkeys, sheep, and goats. Only Abiatar, one of the sons of Ahimelech, escaped and fled to David. When he told David that Saul had killed the priest of the Lord, David exclaimed, I knew it when I saw Doug the Edomites there that day. I knew he was sure to tell Saul, Now I have caused the death of all your father's family. Stay here with me and don't be afraid. I will protect you with my own life. For the same person wants to kill us both. 23.1 Samuel One day the news came to David that the Philistines were at Keilah, stealing grain from the threshing floors. David asked the Lord, Should I go and attack them? <clears throat> yes, go and save Keilah, the Lord told him. But David's men said, We're afraid even here in Judah, we're certainly not don't want to go to Keilah and to fight the whole Philistine army. So David asked the Lord again and again. The Lord replied, Go down to Keilah, for I will help you conquer the Philistines. So David and his men went to Keilah. They slaughtered the Philistines and took all their livestock and rescued the people of Keilah. Now when Abiatar, son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, he brought the ephod with him. Saul soon learned that David was at Keilah. Good, he exclaimed. We got him now. God has handed him over to me. So he has trapped himself in a walled town. So Saul mobilized his entire army to march to Keilah and besiege David and his men. But David learned of Saul's plan and told Abiathar the priest to bring the ephod and ask the Lord what he should do. Then David prayed, O Lord God of Israel, I have heard that Saul is planning to come and destroy Keilah because I am here. Would the leaders of Keilah betray me to him? And will Saul actually come as I have heard? O Lord God of Israel, please tell me. And the Lord said, He will come. Again David asked, Will the leaders of Keilah betray me and, and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, Yes, they will betray you. So David and his men, about 600 of them now, left Keilah and began roaming the countryside. Word soon reached Saul that David had escaped, so he didn't go to Keilah after all. David now stayed in the strongholds of the wilderness in the hill country of Zip. Saul hunted him day after day, but God didn't let him Saul find him. One day near Horish, David received the news that Saul was on his way to Zip to search for him and kill him. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith. 
Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured. My father will never find you. You are going to be the king of Israel, and I will be next to you. As my father saw, is well aware. So the two of the men renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home while David stayed at Hodesh. But now the men of Zip went to Saul in Gibeah and betrayed David to him. We know where David is hiding. They said he is in the stronghold of Horesh in the hills of Hakilah, which is the southern part of Jeshimon. Come down whenever you're ready, O king, and we will catch him and hand him over to you. The Lord bless you, Saul said. At last someone is concerned about me. Go and check again to be sure of where he is staying and who has seen him there, for I know that he is crafty. Discover his hiding places and come back when you are sure. Then I'll go with you, and if he's in the area at all, I'll track him down, even if I have to search every hiding place in Judah. So the men of Zip returned home ahead of Saul. Meanwhile, David and his men had moved into the wilderness of Moab in the Arabah Valley, south of Jeshimon. When David heard that Saul and his men were searching for him, he went, he went even further into the wilderness to the great rock and remained there in the wilderness of Moab, but Saul kept after him in the wilderness. Saul and David were now opposite sides of a mountain. Just as Saul and his men began to close in on David and his men, an urgent message reached Saul that the Philistines were raiding Israel again. So Saul quit chasing David and returned to fight the Philistines. Ever since that time, the place where David was camped has been called the Rock of Escape. David then went to live in the strongholds of En Gedi. Today's study, 1 Samuel 22, 11-13. Saul suspect a conspiracy among Jonathan, David, and the priest. His suspicion came from Doug's report, the eyewitness report. Saul's paranoia had made him very imaginative. Ultimately, Saul demanded that Ahimelech, the other priests, their families, and all their livestock be destroyed. Talk about overreacting, but Saul's men refused to kill the Lord's priests. Saul's men still feared God, but Saul did it, and he found Doug didn't either. Our own attempts to hold on to what we have can drive us to extremes too. We might justify our inflated savings accounts by imagining scenarios of sudden misfortune. We might avoid our neighbors to fear that they will start to impose on our time, or we might avoid reconciliation after an argument because of the energy it would require. When we seek control like this, we abandon trusting God for the future. We fear God less than we fear losing what we have. This isn't good judgment. It's foolishness. John 10, 1, 21. I, Jesus, tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate of the shepherd of the sheep, the gatekeeper, opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus used this illustration didn't understand what he meant so he explained to it to him i tell you the truth i am the gate for the sheep all who come before me were thieves and robbers but the true sheep did not listen to them 
Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Amen. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks him and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too. They are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my love so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. When he said these things to the people, were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said he demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? The other said, This doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? John 10, 6 and 16. Today's study. After the clashes between Jesus and the Jews, John 10 gives way to Jesus' expressions of care and protection. At night, sheep were often gathered into a sheepfold. Some resent that Jesus is the gate, the only access into God's sheepfold. But this is also means that Jesus is our only protector. We don't need to trust anyone else to guard our another gate. A hired hand will not be as committed to God's people as Christ is. Jesus is also the good shepherd who cares for and protects his flock. He is the gate into the community of God's people. He provides safety and security from the thieves weather and wild animals that threaten to harm God's people. We can rest safely in God's good power. He takes us to green pastures too. Praying the Psalms, we ask God to make to make our idols visible to us today. We worship God only in whose likeness we are made. Psalm one fifteen one through eighteen. Not to us, Lord, not to us. But to your name give all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. We let the nation say, Where is their God? Our God is in the heavens, and he does as he wishes. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold, shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak. They have eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear. They have noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, they feet but cannot walk, throats but cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them, as all are who trust in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. O priest, descendants of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. All you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the people of Israel and bless the priests, the descendants of Aaron. I will bless those who fear the Lord, 
both great and lowly. May the Lord richly bless you, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heavens belong to the Lord, but he has given the earth to all humanity. The dead cannot sing praises to the Lord, for they have gone into the silence of the grave. But we can praise the Lord both now and forever. Praise the Lord. Amen. Proverbs 15, 18 and 19. <clears throat> a hot-tempered person starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. A lazy person's way is blocked with briars, but the path of the upright is an open highway. Amen.